If you can turn to the Old Testament, the book of Judges, we'll be looking at the sixth chapter. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 16. And as you turning there, you can help me announce this to your neighbor. It says a uh, little, little, little tweak on how it's in it, but say, let God upgrade you. Look to your neighbor to your left in case they didn't catch it, or your neighbor to the right, whichever way you did not look, and make sure they caught on to it. Say, let God upgrade you. We, we live in an age now that everything wants to be upgraded. You can upgrade your phone on a new plan. You want to upgrade your TV or upgrade your cable system. Some of us in relation try to upgrade in that. I won't say that too long. Everybody's looking for something to be a better or an improvement on what they have. There's always something new in modern technology. There's nothing that stays the same. Uh, uh, computers are getting smaller and faster by the minute. Beforehand, the computer was so big, it took a whole room for the computer to work. Now, you can put 20 computers in one room. Matter of fact, some people got five computers in their pockets. They're so small. Hello, somebody. They, they, they're getting so small because a computer is not how we put it together as a screen and a keyboard. A computer was the electronic device that was able to do multiple functions at a time. Now we have watches that are computers. We have our, our, our cars are computerized. It, it blew my mind that if you take one chip out your car, it won't run. It blows my mind that, that, that things are going into. So things have been upgraded. Things have been getting important. But one thing I want to point out, nobody can upgrade your life but God. People may come to you with a promise of how this will improve your life, but only God will continually upgrade you. Because when God does something for you, it will never fade. When God upgrades you, he won't sign you on to a new contract and say you got to pay this much money. When God upgrades you, he doesn't have to sell you a warranty plan. That they didn't catch somebody. Maybe get you on your way home. See, when somebody else upgrades, they got to give you a warranty so you'll hold on to it so that you will keep them in service. But God says, what I give you will not wear out. So you need no warranty because my word is my word. So what I say is guaranteed. Tell somebody what God says is guaranteed. God says guaranteed. That's, it. That's it. So if you do lose the receipt, God says, I got you covered. <laughs> if you lose the paper, God says, I already got the documents because his word is guaranteed. As we look in Judges, the sixth chapter, we're going to look at Israel and how they are in a downgrade uh, situation in the lot. <laughs> they had an upgrade, but they decided that something else was better. And when you think something else is better than what the real thing, you oftentimes are going to get that bad result. Look in the New Living Translation. The Word of God says in verse 1 of chapter 6, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. Uh-oh. It started out bad already, didn't it? So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. Mm, mm, mm. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, Marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, 
cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes, coming with their livestock and tents, were so thick as locusts, they arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Look how God moved. When they cried out the Lord, to, to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave, and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord, your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you have not listened to me. Now look at verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Ophrah, which belonged to Joaz, the clan of Abijah, Gideon's son of Joaz, was threshing the wheat at the bottom of the winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. Verse 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. You can stick a pen right there. Let God upgrade you. Looking at this text, it begins with the Israelites already in a bad situation. And they're in a bad situation because they're living in sin. And because they're living in sin, nothing is going their way. And what I'm trying to point out to you that if you don't let God upgrade you, things will never go your way. You can still try to please yourself as much as you might, but you still won't get the results you want. You want to be rich, but you're not going by God's way. You want to have a good life, but you're not being obedient to God. Many times in our lives, we get caught up when things are looking good and feeling good that we stop depending on God and start relying on ourselves. In this text, it's, it's, this is a cycle in the, in the judges of count that they have routinely will go back to God and fall away from God. And where we pick up is where they fell away from God. And God punished them for seven years. For seven years. For seven years. I want you to grab that. God punished them for seven years. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, also, we ask God to bless us, and God will, he, he's in my favor. He blessed my going out, and he blesses my coming in. Uh, God will have me name it and claim it. I'll, I'll get all my wealth, and all this money will come. But what we forget, there's another side of God. That if you're not obedient, you're going to get cursed. I know we don't like to hear that because we, we want everything to be blessed. Bless my house, God. I'm full of sin. Uh, bless my job, God, but I'm not faithful to you. Bless. We, we want everything to be blessed, but we're not being a blessing to him. We see here that they left God. God told them, if you need help, do some history. Look in Deuteronomy 28th chapter. He says there's blessings and there's cursings. And the cursings of, if you do not obey my commandments, this is what's going to happen. You will reap, but you will not sow. <laughs> I'm sorry, you will sow, but you will not reap. Say so you, will, you will have a house that you build, but you won't live in it. <laughs> he says that your crops will come, but you won't get the harvest because locusts will come and destroy you. Let's just go back and do the running. And you see that's what's happening to them right now. It says they have houses, but they're living in rocks. 
It says every time they plant, they can't get it because Midian comes and takes it. Like locusts. They realize that the writer is letting us know that God is faithful to his word. If you obey him, you'll be blessed. You disobey him, you're going to suffer the consequences. Some of us rely on God's grace because we know that by grace I've been saved, but yet grace does not equate stupidity. Grace means that, yes, since he died for me, I would live for him, but stupidity means since he died for me and, and I've been forgiven, then I'm going to live how I want to live. Ain't wrong. See, the world gets us to be dumb and not serving God, but yet that's what happened to them. They got caught up living like the world. They started worshiping the idol gods and got caught up having other gods before the real God. And therefore, God, the real God, spoke and they didn't like what they heard. We, in letting God upgrade us, we need to recognize our bad decisions. We need to realize how we have turned away from God in areas of our lives. We need to look in situations and see why am I having the results that I'm having. I know it's easy to blame others, but sometimes we need to look and say, it was my decision that caused this result. You mean, God, I, I, I would not have to face some of these circumstances if I just trusted you? Yes. Think about it for a moment. You know somebody told you what to do, and you knew what to do, but you did the wrong thing anyway. And then you want to blame somebody else for why it went wrong. That's the situation that we're living in here, that God is showing them that, 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 that I told you which way to go. But you chose your way, and now you feel like I'm not here. Look, 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 look what's happening here. They cry out to God in verse 7. <laughs> they cry out to God, realizing that who I left is the one I should be served. They look that, that the one that been, that's been always for us has now turned his face against us because we turned against him. They're looking at the one that brought us out of slavery, the one that gave us this land, has now allowed the Midianites to take over. That we are so fearful now, we are so depleted, we are so downgraded, that we went from living as people walking in the promised land, never borrowing, never having to, to worry to, about somebody taking over us. Now we're hiding in the rocks, scared of who's against us. But yet, we see another thing about God. God is faithful. How is he faithful? Well, when they cry out to him, God responded. He sent a prophet. And the prophet reminds them of God's standards. How does he remind them of God's standards? Well, he lets them know that when you were in Egypt, I saved you. <laughs> He let them know that, that, that I rescued you and gave you the land of your oppressors. I drove out your enemies. And they're hearing this and they're understanding this. This happened when we were obedient. It's so oftentimes that God can remind us in our times of difficult, in our times of oppression, in our times of depression, that, yeah, when things were good for you, I was there too. But when you decided to go down the wrong path, now you want to blame me. Now you want to remember me. Now you want to cry out to me. But yet if you would just stayed with me all this time, you would not have faced this. Somebody's not with me yet, huh? Look, 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 look at what happens. He talks to the people through the prophet. But yet in the text, a character sticks out named Gideon. 
and you might have read this many times, but you might have overlooked it. It says that Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press. I'll say this again. Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press. He is not in a thresher where he can thresh wheat, which he does have. He is in the wine press trying to get wheat. And the problem is he has to work twice as hard to thrust the wheat in the wine press because how small it is. And when they, in the threshing, they can thrust the wheat so that the shaft can be blown by the wind out in an open area. But due to how scared they are, he's hiding in a rock trying to just keep what he has. But yet we see here, right here, that God, the true hero of this story, we, we, we recognize Gideon and we give him claim, but God is a true hero using Gideon as his vessel. Don't get caught up that, that this whole account is about God's great work of redemption. And God uses people in surprising ways. Gideon is a representation of Israel. Israel, who was once mighty and strong, is now weak and scared. Israel, that was the mighty army that marched and took over all kinds of kingdoms, is now hiding in the rocks, wondering where is their God. Gideon is hiding in the rocks, wondering where is their God. Somebody's not with me, huh? Look at verse 13. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Gideon, reflecting of Israel, feeling abandoned by God because their land has been taken over. But you can possibly believe that Gideon did not hear the prophet speak, so that's why he was wondering what's really going on. Because... In our lives, when we are looking in a downgraded situation and calamity falls our ways, I know I feel like Marvin Gaye asking what's going on. Things were going right for so long, for so long that all of a sudden when things go wrong, what's going on? And, and we got to be careful that many times, many times we blame God when things are going wrong. We, we put the blame on him and not look at responsibility. I, 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 I've been ingrained it through from being in college and being in a different organization. We have this poem we share about excuses. And excuses are tools of incompetence used to build monuments of nothingness. Those who specialize in them seldom accomplish anything. And when we had to use that word, whenever you, you did not do what you did, you, you're supposed to do, it made me realize that you need to stop coming up with excuses. We need to start looking at ourselves and say, the reason why it, did, it was not done, because I did poor preparation. I didn't prepare myself to get it done. Too many times we want to blame other things. Uh, for example, uh, I was late because of traffic, but if you got up early, just a little bit earlier, traffic would not have bothered you. Oh, somebody, somebody's not going to go, hold on to that. All right, all right. The pop quiz caught me by the surprise. Well, if you read your book, as your assignment said, it would not have caught you by surprise. Oh, somebody's still not ready. Somebody's still not ready. I didn't know I was supposed to be here today. Well, if you open up your mail <laughs> that you received in your mailbox and I just laid on the table, 
You see, too many times we want to blame somebody else and we don't look at our own responsibility situation. Let's look at something we can draw a little closer here. We can say at this recession time we want to blame the government. But if some people would stop taking out loans that they could not pay for, if some literary lenders stop blaming the lenders, start saying they should take advantage of those people say, I know you can't pay it, but I'm going to give you the money. And we start looking at the people responsible. But we're going to try to blame some big entity agency that we have no control because even they can't control the money. But we want to blame the government. But yet if we look at ourselves, we can realize that if I just was a wise steward as God tells me to, mm, mm, mm. If, if I try to live within my budget, what is my budget? The money you got coming in. Not what you expect to get. Some of us had that expected stuff. You know, I'm going to start my new job. My new job is going to have a bigger check. So I'm going to use my credit card. And then when I get that bigger check, I'm going to pay off this credit card debt, not knowing the credit card debt has 21% interest. So when it comes back, I can't pay for it. <laughs> but then they tell me you can just pay a small payment. And you say, okay, I can do that small payment. And next thing you know, you just over broke. You pay just enough just to be over broke because we get caught up thinking that I can take care of myself. You get caught up thinking that I have control what is going to happen. But yet God is letting them know that if you just obey me, I will take care of you. I promise you a land of milk or honey. I gave you a land you did not prepare. I gave you a land that you could take care for yourself because I promised to you this vast land. But all you had to do was just believe in me, walk in me, the righteous walk by faith. But you disobeyed me. You left me. You forsake me and now you're suffering my wrath because I told you, I told you before you got into this land that if you obey my commandments, you'll be blessed. You disobey me, you're going to be cursed. And now you're suffering a curse and you're going to blame me? But tell somebody, God is faithful. He is faithful so much so that he would, he would still want to reconcile with you. Because the promise was that you will be my people and I will be your God. And since that's God's promise, he realized that sometimes we're unable to give that promise. And sometimes it's not sometimes, it's very often. <laughs> and since God realized that I know you guys are stiff-necked, I know you have problems, I know you have issues, that's why I will always prepare a way for you to be redeemed. Look at the text, look at the text, look at the text. This, the, the, the text shows us that Israel was in sin. They cried out to God. God sent a prophet. You see that? Israel was in sin. They cried out to God. God sends a prophet. We are in sin. We cry out to God. God sent a prophet. <laughs> we call that prophet Elijah or John the Baptist, who prepared the way for the one to come. We see this prophet come prepared away for Gideon. Somebody not catching this. The Bible is an unfolding story of God's work of redemption. You can see God stepping in every time they're living in sin, providing a way out for them. And if you look closely at the text, you can see God doing it again. Let me bring it into your neck of woods. 
you got yourself in debt. Somebody stepped in and provided a way for you to get out. That's God working. It wasn't just somebody stepped in. That's God working. You are short on your bill. All of a sudden, your birthday comes. And some people send you money in the mail. And it might not even been your birthday. And you had money in the mail. That wasn't just happenstance. That's God working for your sake. You see, we, 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 we want to see miraculous things as in the earth got a shape. But sometimes God just moves through with postmen. You see, what I want us to grab here is that God can upgrade you. He doesn't need to give you a big commercial. He doesn't need to have an info commercial. He does not need to be on Oprah to get it across the world. He does not need to be on a worldwide web to get to you. All you need to do is get on your knees and say, Lord, I need you. And God, I can hear God say, that's what I've been waiting for. Because if you try to do it by yourself, you're always going to come up short. But yet God has set the standard. Because everyone has sinned and falls short of the glory of God. God has set the standard. Because no one can pay the debt that is owed. Because God has set the standard. What does that mean? That means that's why only God can upgrade you. Another way God can upgrade you, look how Israel and Gideon see themselves defeated. Gideon, you look into the text, goes on and say, God, if you're with me, why did this happen? Then he goes on and says, didn't I not tell you the Lord is with you? Go in his strength and your might. But I'm the weakest. I'm, I'm the lowest of my clan. But God, the angel shows up to him. The angel shows up to him. The angel shows up to him and calls him a mighty warrior, a mighty hero. A man of valor, whatever your translation says, it goes on and says, I see greatness in you. The angel just upgraded Gideon. Gideon is found hiding in a wine press, trying to thresh wheat so that nobody can steal it. The angel goes to him in his moment of weakness, in his fearful state, and tells him, even though he does not feel that way, that you are a mighty man of valor. That's your hero. No matter how you're feeling right now, I can boldly look at you and tell you that you are a child of God. And if you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you can truly say, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Then you can get so bold, you can get up on your feet, you can look somebody dead in the face, I'm more than a conqueror. Then you can get really excited, tell somebody else that no weapon formed against me uh, so prosper. And then you can really get bad and let them know that, that my God uh, knows my plans for my life, plans of prosperity and not of peril. And he can get real good. And he said, though I may die, but yet in him, yet I shall live. Why? Because I realize in myself, in my frailty and my weakness. I, I am nothing, but in God, I've been upgraded to something great. Because God has set the standard. He said way back in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, let us make man at our own image. God has set the standard. The Bible says after he made man, he said they were very good. God 
has set the standard. The world can try to give you a standard, but God's standards are still higher. The world might make you feel good about your soul, but one day with God is better than a thousand elsewhere. God has set the standard. And when God has set the standard, what does that mean? That means he knows where he's going to take you. See, Gideon did not think he could defeat anybody. And he was right. He can't. But when God says, I will be with you, Gideon can defeat anybody. We get caught up being defeated in our lives because we cannot do anything by ourselves. And so, therefore, we blame God because of our weakness. Well, that's the problem. You're supposed to be weak. Because when I am weak, then I can be made strong. How is that? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. I have everything that you just wait on me, rely on me, and you'll see fruit just happens. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to worry about pruning. I got it all covered. Fruit will just show up on your branches. You look at the, the Israelites. They did not have to plant, nor reap, nor sow. It says the land was filled of milk. And honey, uh, God told him, I, I can't just wipe out everybody yet because I've got them preparing the land for you so that when you can get there, you can just walk right in. Do you understand here how God can upgrade no matter what situation you're dealing in your life, no matter how you feel about yourself, God sees greatness in you. How does God see greatness in me? Because he made you. Amen. Tell somebody, God doesn't make junk. Say, look at me. I oh, see some of y'all didn't get excited about that. Look at me. Be proud of who you are. God made you. you. You're not ugly. You're not unattractive. God made you. I know magazines will tell you how you should look, but God made you. He made you for his glory. And if he died for you, obviously you're worth living for. That's why Jesus lives. <laughs> so let God hire your standard. As he hired Gideon's. Gideon was defeated and looking low, but the angel, first word to him was, Mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. Gideon was taken aback because all he could see were his current circumstances. I'm locked up in this wine press trying to thresh wheat, and it's gonna take me all day just to get this done, which normally would have took me just a few hours. But since I'm scared of the Midianites, they will take everything that I have, I gotta hide it right back here in this wine press and act like I don't have wheat. God is showing up right now in our lives. And he sees the circumstances that you're in. He sees how you might be feeling defeated. He sees how you might be feeling oppressed. He knows that everybody's pockets are hurting from this economic situation. But yet God is still able to make you successful. But yet it's not upon us to make it work, but us to, reply, to, uh, to rely upon God to make it work. Gideon realized that it was God that's going to work it out. God improved his perspective with these two, these two sayings he said with, I will be with you. I will be with you. And I want you to grab that because he said that to Moses, I will be with you. He said that to Joshua, I will be with you. And our Bible scholars said, you know the result. 
They were never defeated. That went over somebody's head. They were not defeated because they went with God. They accomplished what God sent them out to do. I'm not an angel. I can't come and tell you what God has planned for you. The angel told Gideon his job, his destination, to lead Israel and be their judge, a conqueror. But I want to point out to you this. It's not a mystery what God made you for. It's not a mystery. If you're a mother, he wants to be a mom. <laughs> you married, he wants to be a faithful husband and wife. You're a son, you're a daughter, he wants to be a faithful child. Some of y'all look at me, yes, I'm being elementary because that's what the Bible says. Honor your mother and father, clear and sound. Do, do not commit adultery, clear and sound. Do not steal, clear and sound. We make being a, a faithful servant of God so hard, we forget the basic principles that he gave back in Deuteronomy, which shows how to honor him is how we honor one another. We get caught up that if I'm not on TV, if I don't have a big house, if I don't have a nice car, that means I'm not being successful. But if you're just faithful. You see, I want us to grab that when God upgrades you, it's not going to be glamour and glitz like the world has. But yet he will make you successful right where you are. Right where you are. Gideon did not have to go to no new land to become successful. Right where he was. God looked in him and says, I will upgrade you because I see greatness in you. I know you're feeling defeated. Sin leaves a crimson stain in your life. Sin will destroy everything in your life. Sin will never bring pro uh, production in your life. Sin will always destroy everything in your life. I want to ingrain that because sometimes we don't believe it, so we, we test it out. But sin will destroy everything in your life. Life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. God told the Israelites, obey me, you'll be blessed. Disobey me, you'll be cursed. Sin will destroy everything in your life. Look in the text. Every time they tried to have a harvest, it was destroyed because sin will destroy everything in your life. Every time they had some cattle, it was destroyed because sin will destroy everything in your life. But I'm so glad that's how the story began, but that's not how it ends. Two times. He tells Gideon, I am with you. One time, we hear it in the story of our Jesus. And they'll call him Emmanuel. Which means God is with us. And God is telling us to Gideon, grab on to this Gideon. If I am with you, go in that might and in that power. Huh. Uh, that sounds familiar. Ephesians. In the power of God and his might, put on the whole armor of God. Oh, God, with you with me, I, I have power and strength. Oh, uh, Emmanuel, Jesus, God is with us. Oh, when I confess my sins and, and believe in my heart, you died on the cross uh, for my sins and rose on the third day from the grave. You are in me. Oh. And if you are in me, greater is he that's in me than he that is 
in the world. Oh, my perspective is changing now. God, I, I see it's kind of depressing right here. I, I'm locked up in these caves, scared of, of all my enemies. But yet, God, with you, with me, uh, who can stand uh, against me? So getting God on up out that cave and started living out a life and started crying out to the people. Go on and read the story. It says about 32,000 people uh, started coming to get up in his army to go against 130,000 people. But yet God told them that's too big uh, of an army. Uh, I got to downgrade y'all a little bit because y'all going to think it was you. But I'm really going to give you an upgrade. Uh, they went down from 32,000 down to 300 uh, up against the army, which would be 420 against one. But I'm so glad uh, that one could take down 420. Why? Because God uh, is with them. Uh, is there anybody here that, that can testify? No matter how the odds uh, are stacked up against me, no matter how difficult it might be to face, uh, but with God with me, I know I can make it. Uh, people might have to count me out uh, and discounted me and discredited me, but my God, uh, good God from Zion, uh, my God is with me. Uh, you might think I'll be out on the street, but my God is a present help in a time of trouble. You might think uh, I'll have a place uh, to call my home, but my God is my rock uh, and my refuge. Uh, you might think uh, people are getting the best of me, uh, but my God is my light uh, and my strength. Uh, whom shall uh, I fear? Uh, you might think uh, I might be bankrupt because I have no money in my bank account, but my God has more riches uh, than anybody can count. Uh, so I'm so glad uh, I don't have to depend on you, uh, but my God can upgrade me. Can he upgrade you? Because he's able to change whatever you're facing when you only lean on his name. That's why I love that song, On Christ, the solid rock I stand. Can anybody here just stand on Jesus? Can anybody here just stand on his word? Don't lean to your left, don't lean to your right, but just stand. And then you'll see how great you can be in God. Because you realize it had nothing to do with you, but everything to do with him. Let God upgrade you. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, Lord, we come to you right now. Lord, if there's someone here who does not know Jesus, that, Father, Lord, they can upgrade their life right now from living in bondage of sin. Your word says all of sin and falling short of the glory of God. So, we're, Lord, we're in need of you. And Father, Lord, I pray that they can confess right now and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he is seated at the right hand of you right now. And God, I pray that they will invite Jesus into their heart and be their personal Lord and Savior. Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, no matter what we're facing, you're able to see us through. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are faithful, that you forgive us of all our sins and want to restore us whole again. Father, Lord, we want to be faithful to you and be obedient to your word and see how you will bless us because how we fully trust in you. Father, have your way in this place is our prayer. Let God's people say amen.